Hey, now, say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here in the beautiful city of Portland, Oregon, at the Living the Dream Studios. And I know for about the last six or seven weeks, I don't know, I lost count, last six or seven episodes, we had some great guests, some phenomenal guests come through. But today, we're bringing it back to podcast land. Not quite interview-ish as these last few episodes have been, but... Hey, man, I got D-Boy back in studio with me today. D-Boy, what's going on? I'm glad to see you. It's man, been about what? two, three months. Hey, I thought I got fired. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I thought I got fired. I've been going. I've been moving. I didn't started a whole new business. We opened a storefront. New storefront. Living in Dream Branding Company. My birthday passed. So as you've been having a great guest, as you mentioned, i kind of been bobbing and weaving and moving and grooving too. So I'm glad to be back as well. That's a blessing to be able to do during a pandemic, especially because we obviously but. know how uncertain things are during this time. And it's working so, so far, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm glad to hear it. But I also got my guy Spencer Shea in the building. Spence. Hey, yo. <laughs> I've been here. You've been here before. Yeah, I have. And I was supposed to be here last week, but, you know, DMP, last-minute DMP, coach's decision. <laughs> Coach, I, 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 who, who was the coach? Me, man. I'm the <laughs> coach you the of my life. He lost it. <laughs> who was the coach? But, but we hey, had man. a crazy story, too, for that, though. Uh, that night, I lost it, too. I got If it. you want to tell the story, but, I'll let you oh, get it started by telling the story. But both you know, of you two... Okay, so listen. You know how I get down? I just messed up, you know? I, I, I fell asleep uh, with, uh, with... All right. But basically, they weren't able to make it last week. We weren't able to make it. We were scheduled to record last week, so obviously you all didn't get a podcast last week because the day of these two had madness going on i lost my car key in the parking oh lot my. for three hours no i was moving and grooving too fast lost the car key the same day you were sleeping didn't make it so it's gonna be a good one today yeah, no it's doubt. gonna be a good one we locked so, and loaded so, ready you know, to go it, it was all good i ended up you know taking some time off of work getting a little vacation and like i said the last six or seven episodes we've been knocking them out week to week We've had great guests from uh, Jessica Luther and Kavitha Davidson, John Canzano, Aaron Fentress, Andrew Greif. I mean, the list goes on. You real tapped in, huh? Oh, man, I know some people. You know, I know some people. But really, you know, I've been... been in this yeah, industry yeah, now for about three, four years. Time flying. So it's like, it's you know, even up. though yeah, that's crazy what, what I love about it, though, honestly, and this is part of what I love about the podcast game, too, is I met all these dudes while I was working in radio and, you know, doing sports radio here in the Portland market, obviously. Been in a lot of the same press boxes with a lot of these dudes. Have had some of them on my radio show as well. But now to be able to have my own platform that's just mine and it's not connected to radio and it's not connected to us having to talk about the Oregon Ducks or the Portland Trailblazers. Not that we won't touch on it, but I get to talk to these dudes more in depth about their careers, about what it is that they've been... Dudes and women, because like I said, Jessica Luther and Kavitha Davidson, they just released their book that I was fortunate enough to be in, but to be able to bring them to this platform and really talk to them and get in depth about, you know, the uh, the ebbs and flows of their own careers. Um, obviously, we still can cover some sports. You know, we've had the Blazers in the playoffs here in the bubble, so they definitely had a decent run. Um, and just whatever I really want to talk about. Like with Aaron Fentress, for right. example, me and Aaron Fentress were two dudes that oftentimes we were the only two black 
media personalities or, or journalists in a lot of these press boxes that we're in together. Mm-hmm. And we connected on that front. We also both went to Pacific University, too, which is dope. But we connected on that front. But we talked about it on that episode. He and Justin Myers, who's my guy, was my radio host and who we had on this podcast recently as well, too. Whenever they got on, whenever we interviewed Aaron Finchers for our show, they, like, always clashed. And so they always clashed when it came to whatever their hot take was for the Oregon Ducks. They hardly ever agreed with each other. And so the segment would be them clashing over the Oregon Ducks or something when, yeah. you know, it might be something I want to talk about. And this is around the time when the Kaepernick stuff is going sure. on. I know how opinionated Aaron Fentress is. So now I can bring him to this platform and have those conversations that we weren't, like, scared to have in radio, but we couldn't dive in. into yeah. them. Yeah. And plus, you know, I was talking to Kanzano I was on Kanzano's radio show right after the day after we released the episode that he joined me on here. And even Kanzano enjoyed the podcast space. And I was telling him it's different when you and I can have a conversation like this long form. We can Mm -hmm. sit here and talk for an hour. We're not confined to a 10 to 14 minute, 14 minute radio segment before we have to go to a commercial break you know, break rhythm or go into a completely different direction. Like we could just sit here and chop it up for an hour straight and we can get into and touch so many things that we yeah. can't touch in a 10 to 14 minute span. Bro, so th- that's what I think that the podcasts are like the best for. Like, it's like really the storytellers platform, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you can't get that in radio. And that's why I just like to see, especially this last bit of pe- the last few people you've had on radio people coming into the space and you're getting that storytelling and you want to hear the deeper you know, uh, journey that these people go on. So that's why I enjoy podcasts. Absolutely, absolutely. And we'll talk more about podcasts later today as um, there's been a lot going on, in particular in the space of black podcasters. Obviously, it's been going on for a couple weeks now between Charlemagne the God and Joe Budden. Mm-hmm. And then some more news came out today on Joe Budden's behalf. But we'll get into all of that later. Um, quick announcement, though. I do want to make sure that I plug our Street Roots family breakfast. Um, Obviously, we're in the middle of a pandemic right now. Usually, we have our family breakfast at the convention center here in Portland. It is an elite breakfast. It's definitely our biggest fundraiser for Street Roots, which is the organization that I work for. I haven't done announcements in like two months, so I feel like I got to remind some of the new listeners about what it is that I actually do because um, I've just been doing these interviews for like a, like a month and a half to two months. But um, it'll be virtual because we're in the middle of a pandemic right now. Wow. Um, it will be October 8th at 8 a.m. So um, head over to streetroots.org to go find out more information, purchase your ticket. It's still going to be super dope. Um, I'll be a, I'll be a significant part of it. I'll be co-hosting um, the breakfast along with Maggie Vespa, who is a, a journalist over at uh, KGW, and so which is the NBC affiliate here in Portland. So it'll be a good event. Um, obviously, it'll be completely different than it's ever been because it'll be our first virtual event that we've done as a fundraising event. But please, please come out and support it. Check it out. Purchase a ticket. I think you'll really enjoy it as, you know, there's a lot of good things 
coming out of what we're doing over at Street Roots. And there's a lot of like change and transition because of how crazy this year has been. And we've had to pivot in ways that we never thought we would before. So you can kind of learn a lot about what has gone on within our organization in this last year, adapting to a pandemic, adapting to the social justice climate that we have out here, adapting to wildfires. I mean, the list goes on like uh, things that continue to happen. So yeah, go ahead and purchase that. Check that out. Um, but now let's get straight to it. I, I'm glad we started off a little bit lighter because now that we're going to get into some content, we obviously got to take it to a bit more of a somber note here because, um, you know, Breonna Taylor, we have been fighting for justice for Breonna Taylor, who was killed in Louisville, Kentucky by a police officer. Um, Brett Hankinson was his name. And today he was charged with three felony counts of wanton wanton endangerment. I've never even heard of this before. I've, never I, I, heard I went of over it. this right now. With a f- I mean, today with a few of my colleagues, same thing. Never heard of the charge. And never I heard, heard of it. I thought every charge. Wanton <laughs> yeah, endangerment. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I've been around the block. Yeah, <laughs> like, wanton endangerment. That's wanton endangerment. Like, I don't like even we know what this out of the, It sounded like one of them things they could pull out of the freaking bag to to save somebody because i went as far as looking have you looked up the what the maximum serving is no i, no. I didn't that, let me tell you this i looked it up one to five years per count so at maximum he got charged for three counts of it at maximum he could do 15 years which we know he's not he's doing. not gonna not do, that. do that no mind not you even one to five years so even on the lighter side at minimum Three, three years, years, which we know he'll do maybe a year he in somewhere half of that. beautiful. He's out of there. He's out yeah. of there. Do so half of ultimately, that, he'll be in protective custody. He'll be PC'd up because ultimately they're not going to put him in there with the wolves. And, he won't make it long and in there. Let me no. add one more serious detail that further disgusted me. All three counts of this wanton endangerment was because the officer shot through the neighbor's, the, through uh, the neighbor's apartment. The neighbor's apartments. The, uh, this the, had the nothing to do with the wall. The not even, not even yeah. because of yeah. the bullets that hit and killed yeah. and murdered Breonna Taylor. Not that Taylor. or that they were shooting through. Uh, they said you're not supposed to shoot through um, when the blind the blinds were closed. The blinds so they had closed. no vision. Yeah, they all had of no that. clear vision None of, of that, what they were shooting at. Uh, all it was was man. these damn neighbors, uh, these neighbor spots getting hit. So And, and here's the thing, man. Like It's very sickening. It's very sickening, obviously, because... Brianna Taylor's body just pretty much didn't even matter in this case. Um, at least when it at came all. to the results it, of her body, didn't matter. It didn't nothing, matter. nothing. No, of, none of the results of of this case that came out today had literally nothing to do with a death, with Brianna Taylor, with a murder, with a death, a murder, and one that has gotten you know the profile that it has gotten during these times. Like the entire world is keyed in on this particular case, yeah. and she might as well not even been a part of it. And, and I think it's another important fact that people need to remember that further makes this such a, a a bad situation is that these officers weren't even dressed and they were, they were plain they were clothes. Plain clothes. They were plain clothes. So furthermore, like I said, as a black man protecting a significant other, protecting a family, protecting, protecting your, your home household. where you lay <laughs> yeah, at, you feel yeah. me? Yeah. You we we grew up taught to if nothing else, to have our strap just for that. Yeah. Yeah. If somebody come in your house. So in a split decision, somebody come bust through my door, plain, plain clothes, clothes, no warning, and one shot results in which I think that was 
Respect one sh- a Back warning, shot. warning Back- shot. Get up out one of here. One shot and it resulted to my girl getting shot five times and murdered. And it's not mm. even a part of the decision of the charges. She had nothing to do with it. And, and, and here's nothing and, part and of the, the indictment. Is, like I'll be honest with you, when I saw that they settled with her family for, for twelve million dollars a few days result. ago, I knew the results. I knew that they're not gonna. Settle with her for twelve million dollars with her justice. family. Excuse me, rest in peace, Beyonce Taylor. Have to take a and choice. serve justice. Have yeah. to no take a way. Choice, huh? It shouldn't, no, be, you, a, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be, that, be that. But because we've seen Systemic. this before. I knew what was issues, coming. Man. Like I was like, okay, this is, like this I said, is their for them way to of be saying, able, okay, we took care of the family, they're good. Them, this is a, for yeah. them yeah. to be able to go find a charge that ninety percent of us have never that was heard on of. Secret menu, no. like you know how when you go to In and Out Burger and it's like a secret menu, or when you go to Jamba Juice and they have a secret menu that you got to know through the grapevine because they don't have it up on the menu board. Like that felt like a secret. That felt like a secret. Crime, <laughs> what's yeah. an endangerment? Those are those are like the types that, of crimes that like the justice system like tucks. It buries in there it. They bury for it. people who that's are affluent. Un- that's unbelievable. And like you said, like that was a secret saved. menu charge. That was a secret menu charge. And it's not I've funny. And that is unbelievable. That's, unbelievable. that's the. Yeah. That's the. You know the laughiness. Like nobody has written the word wanton down on paper right. probably since that law. Like right. only wanton is wanton suit. Not to make light of it, it, like you said, but it's the truth. It's the truth, bro. It's It's, it's, it's unheard of. So, with that being said, it just further, um, it just further back what I saw from actually from Matt Barnes, who you told me the twelve million is the settlement is what made you know justice wasn't going to be served. I kind of felt Matt Barnes when they announced yesterday that the National Guard was called in, called in to yep. the city already. You could pretty much, yeah. Some it's people try to say that doesn't mean nothing. It showed us today it means a hell of a lot. Yeah. And reading on my way here, two officers have been shot in Louisville, Kentucky today already. I'm pretty sure they died, right? So they screaming, I'm not sure, but they screaming the eye for our eye stuff. Did you know that? Um, I didn't two, know that two, two officers. Co- yeah, no, two officers no in, Kentucky, in Kentucky today have been shot. And so what I hate about this whole thing, and I'm going to be 100%, 1,000% with you, it makes you, even though we, we've been on this podcast, we've been in, in multiple lights talking about how we understand and support the protests, it makes oh, you man. hate that it's, you, you hate that the result is still... I'm not talking about the police. I'm talking about our own. It's still going to be lives lost, our own, because it is. It's still going to be more black people getting locked up because it is. And, well, it's, and, and, and that's the part that I hate is that it's almost yeah. you taking a negative And not that we're being negative. I'm saying we losing our people and then we're fighting for it's our people. And then it's a double negative. And that's the part. And that we're I, overwhelmed already as it is. And that's what I'm saying. So we're we dealing with mental through. shit Absolutely. in addition to the actual... being physically present and risking your life and your freedom because you're so enraged and you're so prolific and so invested in making your voice heard. Yeah, And and that's what I hate, bro. It's crazy because I was watching Tamika Mallory, who's like... I love Tamika Mallory. She's been out standing in Louisville this entire time fighting for justice for Breonna Taylor. Um, She had that huge, famous... I mean, not famous, but viral speech... Uh, you had Killer Mike, obviously, who had mm-hmm. a viral speech when mm-hmm. George Floyd died. The other person that had a viral speech was Tamika Mallory because she spoke 
in Minneapolis, Minnesota with Stack Jack, with Steven Jackson, the day that he went out there to speak Mm -hmm. shortly after George Floyd passed away. And we all know Stack Jack and George Floyd were hometown friends. Um, But even when I saw her today on live, she was talking about a particular group of youth that obviously I couldn't see because the camera was on her, but she was talking to her people that she's been moving with, my son, the general, being one of them. Um, Her and him are starting a podcast here shortly uh, with the Black Podcast Effect Network, the Black Effect Podcast Network, which, like I said, we'll talk about a little later on. But um, she was talking about a particular group of youth, a group of youth that she's been seeing out there in the streets protesting as she's been doing the same. And she was like, oh, I got so much respect for them, but whoo, they bold. Whatever it was that they're doing, she's like, I understand that, you know, they can be a little unorganized at times and they're young, but... Man, I respect them because they're so bold in the way that they're willing to put themselves out there. See? It's like, See? my goodness, like it's it's impressive that they're willing to go all out like yeah, that that's, that's in this I'm particular saying. moment. But it's also like, I pray the worst doesn't happen to them because of how they're putting themselves out and there. And that's why you got people <laughs> driving through crowds and trucks. You got, like I said, you going against the National Guard. So even strapped up and everything, you got snipers out here. You got like... Trump is preparing for this kind of stuff. He's yeah. sending yeah. his people. He's sending I'm going to tell you that. We he's sending his hand. He's, he's sending like, right here. So, it's like that Andre 3000 line. He's like, while you ran and raving about gaps, they made them gaps. Got some shit that'll blow, you, blow out your backs from where they stay at. Like, that was 96. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's real. still relevant it's still today. Real, and now, and obviously, in acknowledging all this, we have to acknowledge the fact that Attorney General um, Daniel Cameron was the guy who made these decisions today. Black man. Oh, so unfortunate. So fucking unfortunate. I don't even want to sit here and give him this crazy platform, but it definitely hurts from one black man to see him as another black man make the decision that he made when it came to a black woman. Ah, that hurt. That hurt bad. That hurt real bad, especially during a time where you felt like this could have been a monumental moment right on the heels of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg passing away. And although I wouldn't say that I'm surprised once again that the decision that was made today was made, but it's like the timing of it. It's just all. And it's almost like it's almost like in the grand scheme of things, like you finally at least feel like you got some light that it's a black person making a decision. That's yeah. the disappointing part is that like, if it wasn't a white person making that, de- like if it was one of our, and it's like one of our own to see that decision be spoken from his mouth, it yeah. was just, it was just, it was ah. distasteful, man. Yeah, but ultimately, man, you know, I was on TRT World News and I said it to them, you know, as we were talking about the protests and stuff that are going on here in Portland and they're out in Istanbul, Turkey, London and Washington, D.C. Those are the cities they um, broadcast in. And when I was on there, you know, I said, obviously, right now we're in a time that is I've never seen in my lifetime social justice be as heightened as it is right now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's right on the heels of the George Floyd passing. Mm-hmm. Um <sighs> But this is a lifetime fight. And ultimately, what we got to do is we got to just keep trekking, putting one foot in front of the other, and we have to attack policy. We have to try to get policies changed. We have to influence policy because policy really is 
what's going to help us in situations like these. Not every time, obviously. Mm. I'm not telling you to get your hopes up too high. But, the, but like one in particular, like you said, being plain clothed and being able to do a no-knock warrant, plain clothed. That sets you up for failure right there. That sets you up for failure, bro. That's a systemic that, issue. That's a yeah. systemic, that that's costs policy. someone their life. Yeah. That, and that's because policy. of that, but <laughs> and once again, and once again, this is the ultimate guilt. I read in the same article that I just told you all the other details that ever since that happened, 12, uh, 12 laws have been changed within how they how yep. they do things. That admits guilt to me. It admits guilt. If 100%. after one situation ha- happens, I have to change 12 lines of protocol, 12 laws, 12 anything, we were wrong. Yeah, and that's Period, why I- point blank. Yeah. And so that's where it just kills me to know that they don't... It's it's nothing. It's like you saying, oh, policies have to be changed, but it's like we're almost skipping a step. We got to get people in the position to change the policies because certain people, and that's a part of the system being a problem, is that you get to a certain place where you got too much power. Nothing can be overturned. Nothing can be appealed. If it's if your decision is made, that's what goes for a lot of people. Well, that's the thing that like it just. I was thinking about this earlier today, and obviously it's not like a new thought, but. Just like the thing that pisses me off the most and makes me so sad is that they've shown time in and time out that the only time that they're going to take even from like a like a eye test level, like serious look at policy is when a black person dies. And it's like if that's the only way that they're going to, you know, look at policy and make these little ticky tacky changes or that's a problem you know, in itself. It, that, that's a huge, that, I mean, it's, I mean, this Breonna Taylor thing should have been a moment. It, it should have been a moment it takes where they, too many, it takes too many examples of us up. in yeah. too many different places. For example, it's George true. Floyd, that officer did that. Like that seemed like a part of policy to yeah, have like your knee a, on the like, neck like, like that. That seemed like he was, office. you feel and me? And that's why, you know, and as somebody like, and as somebody like myself, you know, who does, loads of advocacy work and who does work that influences public policy ultimately the reason why i'm so big on us really making sure that we hone in on policies obviously knowing what policies are for ourselves because we could be put in these types of predicaments right but also knowing what policies are so you can sort of be strategic and trying to change these particular policies you know for example Last year, Portland Street Response, I've been talking about Portland Street Response for over a year on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Last year, the city allotted a half a million dollars to Portland Street Response. This year, when the budget hearing came around, it was right on the heels of George Floyd's passing. It it pretty much went up times 10 from a half a million dollars to $4.8 million Mm -hmm. put into Portland Street Response, which is a different uh, first response response system than obviously the police are. And so even in just thinking about that, knowing where things went, although it took something as tragic as you mentioned Mm -hmm. and as extensive as a black person dying, having that in order already from last year made it to where when something like this happened, even though they were late to it and something so unfortunate like George Floyd passing away got them to the point where they said, you know what? That half a million dollars we're putting in Portland Street response ain't shit. We need to ante that up to 4.8 million. That's why I feel spliff because as he said, it's like, as I know with Portland Street Response, that's something that's been an ongoing rush. And so I I believe in it and I I see the vision because I kind of, with having some insight, know the ongoing push that has gone behind it. 
like Spliff mentioned, it don't seem like that's what's happening with these policies all over the world on a daily basis. It seems like they only get acknowledged when a black person gets Absolutely. killed and it's outrage right. and it's it's uh, a knee jerk reaction a, and then we're supposed to act like and, we're supposed to be happy and with these I hear you. that's such a, a cold set I, 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 I hear you and it's screwed up too because you know you look at a, uh, like an organization like Street Roots and you go oh well here are these dudes that are having a, a, a great deal of forethought and they're trying to get these precedents set and these infrastructures developed before you know this shit hits the fan, I guess, or whatever, yeah, which has we, been yeah. hitting. You know? Right, right, right. But mm-hmm. it's like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think that that is a good lesson in just Facts. arming yourself with knowledge and, and you got to, you know, yeah. you got to, get, to. We gotta, you got to go break the door down and you got to stop waiting for somebody to open it for you. But that's why, you know but saying? that's why but I they're like not going to open it. But that's why, like I said, <laughs> but not. that's why I like kind of the diversity of tactics. Like I said, for me, I'm somebody that can speak to policy because of the particular work that I do. But there's folks out here on the streets that are applying pressure in ways that I may not be applying so much pressure. Right. And we need that too. Yeah. You need all elements working together. Like I said, it's a lifetime fight. So for me, I'm like, you know what? I'm just dedicated and committed you to this until the wheels you fall you off while I'm here. And I, 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 I can die with that yeah. on my conscience and be like, you know what? I did what I could yeah. to try to change this shit. My way in changing it is through advocacy work. Other people's ways in changing it is by hitting the streets. Yeah. Other people I just want people to really hone in on finding what their particular way is because diversity of tactics is necessary. We yeah. need to hit this shit from every angle that we possibly can. Yeah, and, and, and from our allies. Even the constant reminders and the, the conversations that have been not spoken on or that have been uncomfortable, talking to your parents, talking to your relatives, mm-hmm. you, the, the constant educating yourself, as we're seeing people do more so of now than ever, it seems like uh, all of these things are ways that you could contribute to the lifetime fight, as you mentioned, in the betterment of things. Absolutely, absolutely. So rest in peace to Brianna Taylor. <laughs> rest in peace, Brianna. Rest in peace. Man, we we gonna in peace, keep baby we gonna girl. keep the I fight. I feel like alive, the world let her girl. down with that. Absolutely. You feel me that with that judgment and it's unbelievable. Absolutely. But, uh, also rest in <clears> peace, as I said, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I mean mm-hmm. an absolute legendary Supreme Court Justice. Notorious RBG. Notorious RBG. I mean, she put in so much work. Obviously, we're in scary times right now because, you know, her seat obviously has to be replaced. And we're hoping that it doesn't get replaced before Trump is out of office, obviously, if he gets out of office, but we're so close to an election. And RBG even said it. Some of her last words were that, I pray that Donald Trump does not pick who's, who now will be in my seat because it's a lifetime thing. Once you're it, sworn in, yeah. it's not every four years, every yeah. two years, elections. Right. He damn near already made a, he already in, made a hint that he got to fill the he seat. He hardly acknowledged that she died. died. Like, oh, right. sorry, she passed away and went straight into, like, yeah, she's like gotta be well, filled. we got work to do to try to blah, blah, blah. Well, like, I mean, it sucks he went straight into it. Like, like under any other normal, like, circumstance, you would look at that situation and say, absolutely, like, no matter what the time frame is, you want to fill that seat as expeditiously as possible. Unbelievable. We're not in a normal situation with that. Not at all. Because for one, who she is. 
before we even get into politics and policies and what one side thinks or what the other side thinks, her impact and her influence in particular as a person, as a Supreme Court justice, that needs a little bit more time to be acknowledged. But because we're in the times that we're in, we're not even thinking about the fact that she just passed away a few days ago. We're scared shitless that a Republican uh, is going to end up taking her seat in the Supreme Court. And obviously, that means no good for the people who she represented so they all going so intensely during the time so during the time that obviously she was alive up until she passed so you know it's just really really sick times with everything going on that we can't even mourn her and the great that work that she's done as a supreme court justice for 30 plus years even though i did see it over the news it seemed like it came and gone that quick we got to mourn we still mourning kobe right now and that feel like that came and that's not to say like i said there's still a lot of people talking about RBG, but it's just the way in where and what we're having to talk about her. It's out of the fear of what can happen For next example, instead of us being able to reflect ignorance, on her greatness. I was talking to the homie today, and he was he had shirt with with her picture on it, and with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, picture? and and his cousin came out the room and said, "Man, don't nobody know her." But that's what I mean by that's how quick it's going. Like people, like some people are still even ignorant to who she was, what she did, or anything. What her seat meant to this country. And that's why I said it's crazy how much, and no discredit to Kobe, who I love so much, but it just shows how much magnified athletes and sports are in comparison to some of the great things and great lines of work and great representation people do in other lines that just not as glorified it's not as, as glorified it. but, but but has way so more much more impact, impact on your life than what never, they do they and, that's, and that's all Kobe I'm saying dropping <laughs> six years <laughs> but that's all I'm yeah, saying is that it's crazy like and that's what I mean by continue to educate yourself because it's important people who work in your favor and all we keep hearing is Trump 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 it's people that you need and are on your team and it's a collective effort from every angle so absolutely that's so my last words on that again rest in peace Ruth Bader Ginsburg rest in peace Breonna Taylor um, we, we're dedicated to doing what we can to, to keep your legacies alive and keep it going and flowing and to where we can pass it on to generations to come and, and really just keep up this fight that, like I continue to say, is going to be a lifetime fight. But now let's talk about some basketball because Tyler Harrow made me look like a damn fool yeah, tonight. I, hate, matter I think fact, it's Hero, and I'm going to call him Hero. Yeah, I'm going to call him Tyler. No, I'm going to drop a an R and yeah, call him Hero and put some respect on his yeah, fucking name after how he bought out 37? tonight. Jesus Christ. Tyler Hero. Oh, my God. I just want to personally thank Tyler Hero for holding it down for the white boys because you know what? We needed that love, <laughs> yeah. baby. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that, boy, that boy is special. That look, boy is special. I, I, I tell you. I, I, I tell you, as soon as I got on the phone with one of my friends tonight, it's funny you say that. He FaceTimed me. He said, hey, and this is one of my friends from back home in the hood. You know he's doing this one, too. And I ain't going to say yeah. I'm going to censor it a little bit. But he said, hey, Tyler Hero, he was out there playing like an N-word tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Straight yeah, up. Yeah, That's bro. what the homie from back home yeah, called me. That was real. the first thing to come out his mouth. Yeah, was like, hey, he was playing like an N-word. Yeah, and, for, <laughs> and, and that goes into... That goes into I, I, I said something on the phone. I was talking about him on the way here, too, with one of my colleagues. And I got a question for y'all. Do you guys... First off, do y'all think that 
young players are developing way faster in the NBA than oh, even yeah, some absolutely. of the all-time 100%. greats. I feel like oh, Kobe yeah. had the first couple of years before absolutely. he. You yep. feel like these kids absolutely. are now, okay? Wait, wait, and then wait. what do you what do you what do you attribute that to? Well, I mean, people are way more fit than they've ever been today. They have way more access to knowledge of nutrition. What you attribute it to? I mean, they're just yeah, getting just better advancements. Just, just advancements. advancements in, so, because my, game, my, technology, my friend that I was talking to, he said he said it has a lot to do with the the evolution of social media and the fact that these guys have ultimately been under the bright lights and been in these big platforms oh, for years now. Point. And I thought that that's that was a good point that I, I never mean, thought about before because you you do have... Don't get me wrong. We know kids that been... We know the DeMarcus Nelsons who've been getting recruited since damn near before a teenager and all that. But it's different when you have social media. And like I said, these kids was 12 and this was already popping. Yeah. You, we talking about a 19-year-old well, right now. You feel me? Right. So well, it's like... I mean, before, that's a part like, of those advancements yeah. if you want to like, incorporate I, it. I feel like the yeah, bright lights so. don't mean as much anymore when these guys have been see, in the limelight for so long. But I see in a lot of other ways, there's a lot of people... I mean, not a lot, but I see sometimes you'll see young people that maybe because they're so used to the, you know, limelight or whatever, uh-huh. that it doesn't, it's not, there's, they don't have as much reverence for it. I, I don't know. I see a lot of, I see just as many man, young guys. These players develop. I see just well, as many young guys man. melt in the, in the spotlight than I see them. And shine. I was going to say, I mean, I, I mean, let's be clear. You could acknowledge the social media stuff and say all the spotlight stuff. And I get all of that too, but also to an extent, like, these dudes are still playing in a bubble in front of no fans where they're literally just hooping. Yeah, it's like pick up. It's not pick up, but it is different. If you were playing at the Motor Center, with 20,000 in front of Snoop Dogg and everybody, it's a different, it's different life. It's easier to ball hide. They're in the bubble like it's open gym right now. I still think Tyler Hero could have put on I mean, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not discrediting that, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying, even before all of this, I just think across the board, across the league, it's a lot of t- people, 21 and under, that's damn near in the top 25 in the game right now. For top sure. 20, like, Jason real Tatum. star, and a few of them in that top 10, though. You feel me? 21 Luka and under, balling. So that's all I'm saying is that. Donovan Mitchell, yeah, Jamal buddy, Murray. These people are developing uh, really, really fast. And so um, the bubble has been exciting. The it bubble's been, been crazy. It's been, it's been uh, the Celtics exciting. are in trouble. Uh, I think so. Jeez, are talk, we, to are we talk, talk to me. Talk to me. Let me hear divine on this one. Yeah. Talk to me. I mean, I mean, my thing is, I feel like the Celtics could be. It could be rever- the roles could be reversed right now. Essentially, they playing some bad they, basketball. Man, yeah. But I mean, granted, I'm not taking any credit away I from agree. Miami, but. The Celtics in games one and games two were in the driver's seat for majority of those games, and they gave it up late in the game. Mm -hmm. So ultimately what I'm getting at is I'm going to give or take one of those games and give it to Miami, but tonight was the only game where I actually saw Miami be in control for majority of the game. Until late. And they almost gave it up, up, but they still won. But but the first three games, obviously, game three, Boston wins. But games one and games two, Boston gave up leads, and they gave up control of the game late to this Miami team. But you got to give Miami credit because it's a 48-minute ball game or more if if you go to overtime like they did in game one. That's the thing. Like, I was watching tonight, and I, I noticed that, you know, Boston... Well, first off, Boston, they are notorious for blowing late leads, fourth-quarter leads. They've done it multiple times this season. Miami has been a solid basketball team the entire time, and you look at what they're doing. They got length, 
and they got shooters. So they're getting out in those passing lanes, and they're locking in on defense. And, and if they start getting off, like if Tyler Hero is going to And that's why I think it could be a tough series for the Lakers if you, they play them. I, because Dragic, Dragic and uh, Hero, uh, if they shooting clips is how they shooting clips, Ben, along with Adebayo and all them, them fools got a nice team. I, nice team. I mean, I'm, I'm not, serious. The length of Adebayo kind of helps out with the Anthony Davis thing, which we know AD is unstoppable, me. but you rather that long... Lanky athletic. There. The only yeah, thing, the only, the bang, only reason I would disagree with that, and I really don't know yet because obviously the Lakers are a completely different team, but Miami in this series especially, they've been majority running a 2-3 zone. Mm-hmm. And Boston has been trying to shoot them out of that 2-3 zone, which we're always taught that you're supposed to do. And Boston has enough guys that are known shooters that they got to shoot, but they've been broke. Yeah. Now, the difference with the Lakers, LeBron atta- attacked the hell out of that zone. Mm, yeah. You let LeBron hit the hole, you're not just stepping in front yeah. of LeBron. No, you let I Anthony agree. Davis hit the hole, you're not stepping in front, in front of Anthony AD. Davis where... There's not as yeah, much I don't guys think they can, applying enough, pressure. They they're not applying enough. They're not applying enough pressure to that zone defense. And yeah, once Miami, who's a really good team, gets momentum, now they on your top. Yeah. But in, in the I case with like LeBron, I think you don't. Uh, well, when you're running Boston, a zone against LeBron is going to be really difficult. Well, to it's do. like when you're Boston and your best player goes scoreless in the first half. half you, you didn't score a point. You can't. I mean, and sure, and he hell wasn't. Of a and I watched. It, and I watched it. It what the reason he didn't score was because he was broke and he never got into attack mode no, until the second half. half. When he, he got when he went into attack right mode in the second half, yeah. he had damn near thirty in the second yeah, half. I, I, but I, but it's attack 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 where I feel like the Lakers attack again, attack where, more naturally than the Boston Celtics. Yeah. That's where I get mad at the players because this is this is why you get paid the big bucks. This is why you're here where you at right now. You can't afford to make these kind of mistakes so deep into the playoffs. No. And what I mean by that is you get told this from NJB days in third and fourth grade. If your jumper broke the first couple times, go to the rack. To the See get the ball the go in. The ball it's line. no excuse to score it's zero wrong. points and a half, and which really yeah. could come down to the difference no of the game. Excuse. Furthermore, yeah. I felt like this game really just mirrored the Lakers game the day before in a sense that these teams let themselves dig such a hole that even with the fight of coming back, you get close, but you give it, it's right back again. Right and the back Lakers again. got back damn near to within three. Yeah, and did. once that, once a Jamal shot missed, Murray. it went back yeah, stupid. You feel me? And it, Curry, and right? it really yeah, comes yeah, down dude. to possessions like that. And so, like I said, I think Against that. Against a team like Miami, you can't bank on that because yeah, they can shoot. I, I think it's shoot. unacceptable to be as athletic that he is and get zero points and a half with that amount of minutes. That is, is just, is, it doesn't yeah. translate at this point. So, you know, I, I can't but, believe it. And, I and think I they're think, done. And I think some of that has to do with just how drastic the game has changed from even when we were kids and being taught you need to get to the rack, yeah, get to the right. free throw line, watch the ball go in for the, and the free throw line. That still translates to now coaching. Man. And I love Brad Stevens. But that's but, going back yeah. to... That's coaching. But, but, I got but, it. but initially you said yeah. it was players, so that's what I'm saying. We also have... No, no, no. no, 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 no. The coaching, how much do you put on the players knowing how they're being bred up to play the game Like I said, I put it on the players 
knowing what they getting. Not to discredit the coaches, but the players is the one controlling the game. You feeling that yeah, when your shot? Ain't, yeah, you I know can tell I mean? you to go get to the line. But you still gotta go yeah, out there. Yeah, that's what I'm line. saying. They're yeah, in control sure. of that. But uh, you know, obviously, I'm not in the timeout as well, so I don't know if Brad Stevens said that and he continued to just feel like this next look was. So I'm speaking more so from what I seen as a spectator. But well, well, obviously, I mean, it's it's credit on the, any coach that's going down three one that that seemed like like you said it could be completely flipped right now. Completely flipped, and, yeah. and that's yeah. why. And that's why I'll be honest with you. The bubble has been nuts, and I have been off. I've been off when it has come to yeah, my I, yeah, picks. Prediction. Who's going to yeah. win it's game to game in the bubble? Betting on and, this and, bubble and I'm not, is and, tough. and even as somebody who obviously takes pride in my basketball knowledge, yeah. my basketball takes all of that. I'm. I'm, I'm more than willing to admit when I'm wrong, and I was wrong in the case that I said the Eastern Conference playoffs really, I mean, the Eastern Conference finals really was the, no, this, the I was Toronto, saying the Toronto-Boston series. series. Whoever okay. won that series was going to beat either the Bucks yeah, or the or, Heat okay. and go to the NBA finals. I, was, I said I've been the off Clippers the last were going to win. Hey, I said betting. the Clippers yeah, were going to win it all. Uh, look at, look at where those, yeah, they're a joke. Those predictions those, got you. You know yeah. what I mean? Nobody hey, expected Denver to be in the NBA Western Conference finals. That's what I'm saying. But, I didn't but expect so, the Heat to beat the Celtics But right it's, so now. My, it's so many minute things that I don't mind being off when it comes to some of my logic and what I think is going to happen that obviously ain't happened. That I'm not embarrassed by my logic, and I don't, like, stray away from you my gotta, logic. You got to be wrong sometimes. You just got to be wrong sometimes. But the reality of it is, what do y'all think about Jamal Murray and... The Los Angeles Lakers. Do y'all think after winning that game last night that the Nuggets still have a puncher's chance to win of that course. series, Look or do you doing. think the Lakers are still going? I it still in five think the Lakers are going to win, maybe in six. But the Denver Nuggets have been making comebacks the entire postseason. They've made history. They've killing. come back from three and one in two series Dude, in the playoffs. Come on, that. That's they trend right that's now. That's trend. Once again, <laughs> that's once again, crazy. No team that. Well, uh, I mean, it was the Clippers. Don't get it twisted but no team they did it versus had LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And that's all I could keep saying. Like, yeah. I'm not so... I'm going to tell you right now, I thought Danny Green was going to be a great addition to this playoff run. He's broke right now. Uh, KCP been off and on. Spotty as Spotty always. Shit. But, I, yeah, but, but, but like I said, that's what I'm saying. Like, I got to put so much weight on... AD and LeBron, as far as how much credit I give them as to why I think that that they can't yeah, close out this series, they're, they're overwhelming. overwhelming, and that's <laughs> for a series they are overwhelming. <laughs> I expected, I expected Denver with their tendencies and what they're doing. I expected them to take a game or two. 3-0 would have been beautiful and made it feel a lot more comfortable. But let's get real. Anytime you got a 2-1 series, you're that one game away sweat. from it being even. So yeah. it's a series right now. Right, you know what I mean? Right. But I think AD and LeBron are too overwhelming. I think the Nuggets outcoached the Lakers yesterday. And I think the Lakers will uh, Make the bounce back. Furthermore... The Lakers was tired yesterday. I don't know if it was a... They were gas, boy. I, I mean... Yes, but I mean, so is everybody else. I no, mean, they, like, no, 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 no. You got to think game. about it. Like Jamal Murray said, 
at the end, after doing his thing and winning, and the last thing he said in his we're interview, younger. we're the younger team, and, and, and jogged off. And I say all that to say, yeah. it don't matter That's if you point. if y'all both played the same amount. You got somebody in there, damn near twentieth season, if not the twentieth season, bro. You know bruh. what I mean? Going These, on fifty. Yeah. We was just talking about nineteen <laughs> and twenty-one year olds. You feel me? Let's be yeah. real. So them fresh legs really do mean something in them. All right, and, but how you know, fresh are? Jokic's legs, really. I mean, look, that, 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 you're talking. Even him, the, he dropped the a lot of weight. He handled no, it. No, I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just giving him shit. But yeah. But I mean, the, the thing about the the craziest thing about what I'm watching with that Denver series is like, yeah, okay, well, you can definitely say that the, the two best centers in the league are playing against each other right now in Anthony Davis and Nikola Jokic. And Jokic is. Is Embiid better so than Jokic? I'm just he ain't here. He ain't here. He ain't. No, he's not. He's not. He's not. He's not. I'm gonna tell you one more thing, though. I'm gonna tell you one more thing. Somebody like Jokic, he plays a little bit lower risk. If you if you understand sure, what I'm saying, impact. he puts yeah. less on his body. He yeah. moves slower. He he plays gracefully. He I think Dirk Nowitzki was similar to that in the sense that you never seen him do real hard drives or it was all and so like I said, the footwork, the minimal contact, things of that nature. I think it gives. Uh, Jokic more life in, in, the, in the strength of a long ball game. You feel he damn near be jogging on purpose sometimes yeah. up and down the court. Yeah, like, he's moving we, at his own. Yeah, you know what yeah. you're gonna get. It's kind of a real graceful yeah. game that he brings, and so I think that adds to the stamina in the when it comes to four quarters. He's let's, not gonna. Yeah, go, no, go ahead. Let's go ahead. be hype beast right quick. I want to talk a little bit more about Jamal Murray because you two both remember not going into this season, but the season before. We came on here. We made predictions of all the awards that will be won. So that was the 2018-19 yep. season. Yep. And we got to the Most Improved Player Award. And I said, Jamal Murray is going to be the Most Improved Player. Obviously, didn't happen. But you fast forward a year later, and now Jamal Murray has emerged into a yeah. legitimate star yeah. in this league over a span of the right. bubble. <laughs> the, the NBA restart. He's the truth. Yeah, he's All the, the truth. Way. And, 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 he's and so, I'm, I'm, again, I'm more than fine on being a year early rather than being a year late. I felt like I was a year early on Jamal Murray because I felt like he was going to have that breakout last season. He had it this season. Cool. It is what it is. He's 24, 20. Yeah, he's going to be 20 young years time. old. Because, he's because of his edge but, on offense, I think when it's all said and done, he'll be better than one of my favorite point guards, Jason Kidd. He's that good to really? me. I think he'll be a Hall of Fame point guard in this league. He so, controls the game so, so well, so much composure. And that's where... And he can that's, shoot that. That's, that's, that's where I said the offensive That's where I wanted to man. get in the hype beast mode. Yeah. Name the point guards in the NBA that you think right now are better than Jamal Murray. And you can include Steph Curry. And I will. Because I will Damian be Lillard. Damian Steph Lillard. Curry, Steph Curry. Chris Paul. Damian Curry. Chris I ain't giving Chris Paul all that, <laughs> that shit. Really? Like, that nigga doing all state commercials. <laughs> Sorry. Pardon, pardon, pardon my Cliff, language. Cliff Paul. I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm taking Jamal Murray over Chris Paul, <laughs> man. I'm just, I'm just uh, throwing it out there. I'm Russell Westbrook. Who you taking, Westbrook or Jamal Murray? Uh, Jamal Murray. I'm, Jamal Murray. <laughs> <laughs> I beat my ass. I'm done off Westbrook.
was, I mean, I never was really on him. But yeah, no, I, I definitely not. Westbrook jumper not strong enough. No, I know in the basketball league that, that we're in today, he has it. he's getting roadblocked for a reason. The jumper yeah, is limiting bro. his height, and it's, it's, I think he's gonna miss more. Like it it's don't even bro. look like it's gonna go in. So no, I'm no, taking Murray, dog. Yeah, so we said we said Curry. I Got say Curry. I and I still, Curry I'm still and saying Kyrie, sure. too. I'm saying Kyrie. I'm saying Kyrie. Kyrie. I'm saying Kyrie. And then it's then it's over. So if Murray has emerged into a top, top five, five point, point guard, because we sure went to John Wall. I'm taking mm, Murray God. over John Wall. John Wall. He used to, I'm just thinking of point guards that Booker, were in yeah. that conversation. Booker. Booker's a shooting Zoom guard, though. Okay, because he, he handled the point. ball. Who's a point guard then? Uh, eight, um, Who's um, a point guard? Uh, Leon, it's the Suns, huh? That's Yeah, it don't matter. I don't even know who they got. Because I feel like he owned the ball a lot. Yeah, because it's Booker. But, he yeah, it's but, 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 but true still point is guard. a shooting guard. Um, Luca. Luca's a three, though, isn't but he? But Luca be handled it. He might play no, more point guard yeah. than, no, than, than that, Booker. Yeah. But is he listed as I a three? Luka he might be listed as a point guard. Harden is definitely listed as a point guard. He might need to be listed No, he's listed as a point guard. Luca is better. Yeah. No, Luca. James Harden. He's talking about James Harden. You're talking about Luka. Luka, yeah. yeah. With yeah. James Harden, no, a shooting guard? He's a shooting guard, but he... He should be listed as a point guard. But the fact that he played with Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook these last few years, you're going to give them the nod as the point yeah. guards. I think Luka... Yeah. I think Even Luka, though Harden really than Murray. plays that position just as much yeah. as the, either one of them Luka does. Luka's better than Murray. Yeah, Luka's better than Murray. Yeah, he so is. It might Luka's be, better It might Murray. be three to four Luka's better. better than nearly than everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That, that guy. So it might be three to four. So he's definitely top five, dog. Yeah, it might be four, four or five. He's in there. And that three he hit to seal it. Yeah, I just like. Yeah, when he I like that, that he's starting like, to get oh, charisma now too. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. when you all start right. feeling yourself and you come into your own, yeah. all of that just add to it. He's gonna be yeah. around for a long he's, time. Yeah, he is. He's, he's playing truth. with no conscience. Out yeah, there. he's he the is. truth. Yeah. Are y'all playing fantasy football? Are y'all betting on football? Nah. I know both of y'all yeah, like to bet. I'm one and one. I'm one and one too. I'm one and one. Raiders I, are two and zero oh, though. I smacked. I smacked my Raider opponent Nation, the first week in fantasy. I um, I lost this week and I got smacked. I was actually the biggest blowout of the week. No shame in that. Um, I won a thousand dollar bet, sports bet earlier this week, and then I lost three days straight ever since. I just really? been picking wrong. I hit. I hit a parlay with uh four baseball and one basketball. The four baseball was all a marat. I mean, three out of the four baseball picks was underdog, so it was a lot of juice on it. It was uh, thirty dollars maybe to win, uh, nine hundred and forty-two. Hit that, and then hit another bet in the same day, and then like you said, the unpredictable bubble. I went and took out my little seven hundred, kept gambling with two hundred, lost that the first two days. Yeah. Pulled out another little something today, lost that. Never expected the, the Celtics to go down three to one. one. I don't think a lot <laughs> of people did. No. Yesterday, the didn't bubble. expect the Lakers to lose after they just looked so. I mean, like I said, it's hard yeah, to bet so against dominant. Anthony Davis and LeBron. I'm yeah. sorry, it's hard to put your money on anything else. Even though, like I said, you would think they'll take a game. You know, maybe it could be game three, and it did. But my money didn't go that way. So, lost that day. Um, The day before that, was it no basketball? Yep. Wasn't it like a yeah, no basketball no day? Basketball, I think... Because um, that was football Sunday. So, so, so my mm-hmm. sports betting with football... As expected, I try to bet a little lighter early in the season because it's new players, it's injuries, as yeah. we've seen. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah. But I'm over for 2 with betting uh, with real money bets on... Uh, on, on, on Sundays. On Sundays, They yeah. killing me. 
I kill him. Yeah, I mean the Raiders and, are 2-0, and, and, so and, how about it? And, how about it? It was, it? It was Monday, Raider right? Nation. It was Monday, right? Monday night. <laughs> Monday, Monday. I got it. I got to tell y'all. I bet against my own team. That's Anybody? No, listen. Know. That's not crazy. It's the Saints. <laughs> it's the Saints. It was a four-point oh, yeah, spread yeah, yeah. with oh, yeah. the Saints, you gotta dog. Be objective. Bruh, it was a four-point spread with the Saints. I know the Raiders have a good team. I didn't expect them to beat the Saints. I'm going to tell you, I won't bet against them the rest of the season, all right? That was my mess up, but I lost that day, too. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not very... I'm pretty new to the betting thing, actually. You put me on to right, that, D-Boy. Right, so. right. Be safe. And I'm trying to... Yeah, be safe. Dude, I get, you <laughs> Don't know, lose your I marbles. Yeah. I know. No, no, I, I know sure. I will, especially if I start getting into a bunch of other things. I can't keep a lot of things in my head, but I think I did win one... Uh, Point spread at like the Titans game or something. I ended up winning. I, I dabble a little bit, but I stick yeah. to basketball. That's yeah, it's, that's it's all fun. I know, really. And if you do it on a on a responsible level, it really is fun just to see how yeah, close. You, you know what I mean? You're and invested in ways that you wouldn't be unless you're a yeah. fan of the team. Exactly. You know, that exactly. You're watching. And well, like you once said, your money is on the yeah, line, like yeah, serious. I'm a fan yeah. of this team now <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I yeah, want to win some money. It definitely is interesting. I'm getting pissed though because I put like player bets down and then I'm like rooting for like not the type of basketball I want to see I'm like dude just give this guy a rebound or like you know take some yeah. I'm like that's not but the how danger in it is you win you win a thousand dollars off 30 and you think that you got this shit down packed <laughs> yeah, and can yeah. do it every day yeah. and you lose three days in a row and then you feel like you don't know what the hell is going on who to bet on so it's just something you gotta be real responsible with and just do it from a standpoint of I'm having fun with the it but I do want to win this. supports responsible gambling yes we do hello hello hey but again I gotta let y'all know the Raiders are 2-0 right Nation, baby, it's only one nation. I say it over and over yeah, and over for yeah. the rest of this podcast. Las Vegas Raiders. That's what you need Viva for Las it to Vegas, go in that thick ass skull of yours. I do like, <laughs> I do like, I do like the, I do like Raiders the cutaways. Though, damn it. Uh, I, I ain't gonna lie, I ain't gonna lie. I do like the cutaways uh, in between the game when they go to commercial breaks when they showing Vegas and shit. That's kind of yeah, clean. It's Vegas. It's Vegas. That little yeah. blimp it's overhead. Vegas. Vegas. I was okay. sick of that blimp overhead at Oakland. That shit was played. We was tired of the baseball field, football field. So I like. I seen fifty yard line. I seen the flamingo during the football game. The strip. That blimp was sick. Oakland Airport. Dusty looking from up top. Drone footage. Brookfield right over there. The Brookfield gas station. The catwalk. So I did enjoy that. That is the famous. It looked good. It looked good. It's aesthetically pleasing. It is. It is. That's for sure. But I want to transition into some cultural <laughs> stuff because I haven't been able to really. I've been having a lot of my sports friends come on here on the podcast, and I haven't really been able to talk about some of the cultural things that I like to talk about here on this podcast. Um, having the both of you here makes it fun because both of you are music artists, so we dabble in different arts over here. Obviously, you know when. When the pandemic isn't afloat, I'm DJing somewhere usually, so I'm investing into the music game, all yada yada whoopie whoop. But first question is, and you and I kind of had this conversation a little bit, but D-Boy, I haven't, this is going to be new to you. I had this conversation with Spencer, though. Um, I was listening to that new record, Over Now, The Weeknd and Calvin Harris. Mm -hmm. To me, and this is a bit premature because the song hasn't even been out a month yet, but I think it'll ultimately become like the song of the year. Um, so ultimately, my question is, what is the song of the year for you 
up to this point because I pre- I predict that that song will become that because I think it's that much of a banger and it's Calvin mm-hmm. Harris and it's the weekend two guys who who are certified when it comes to being being able to make smash records um, what would y'all say the song of the year is or will be obviously up to this point of the music that we've heard. Unfortunately, Cardi B yeah, and Megan, and Megan Stallion. Stallion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's you know it is, man. You know it is. That's number one it consecutively right now. And I was having this conversation with uh, my friends the other day, and my friend's girlfriend's like, God, that is, it's such a great song. I'm like, it's a good song. But it's not great. Nothing about that song, really. I mean, aside from maybe lyrics. Over now is great. Yeah, no, it's a, it's so a great. Song, it's but crazy it's that when we talk about song of the year, like, that that's mm-hmm. even a that 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 has to be qualified almost, that you way. You know what yeah, I mean? It's I like agree. that shit. That shit ain't that good of a song. It's not. Right? It's not. That it's, ain't me. I don't care about the the. We've been listening the to Dirty. Of I'm not care. I just don't the think. Of it I think because of the. I think because of the the culture and the, the and when I say culture, I'm talking about TikTok dances. I'm talking yeah. about what's popular right now in the pandemic. I, I I just think that the 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 over now song definitely taking over the pop airwaves and everything. But I just I I feel like it doesn't fit that current mold when you're talking about song of this year and it's a lot to think about when you think of the year 2020 and and, and hey. what is you know compelled of i think over now will translate into 2021 and, and as we talked about today i talked to a radio dj today on, on facetime who told me that they're literally being instructed to drag out songs even longer right yeah. now because the new songs aren't hitting due to the club. Yep. That that that's something that would be played at export and Root things top. of that nature. Yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. because we not we didn't the have that this summer and we're right. not having that th- this winter, I think by some which it sounds far, but I think by summer of twenty twenty one, that's when that song will be in the pe- at its peak. So I mm. think it's the song of next year. I think we're gonna carry that through this winter. We are we three months away, baby. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, and, and I think that Watt did it already. Okay, it's my, here. My personal choice for song of the year, uh, I think it's "Laugh Now, Cry Later" by Drake, but only because, like that, that the, the, where I think WAP succeeded, but then also ultimately, like compared to a song like "Laugh Now, Cry Later," sort of failed. Is like you can tell that it's a song that's engineered around like a conceptual design. Like, okay, we're gonna get the two biggest female artists. We're gonna talk about our wet ass pussies, it's a play. and we're gonna have a dope ass video with Kylie Jenner. Yep. It's a play. It's a play. And then you look at the way Drake executed that play, which he does that shit. I mean, he uh, over he, and over he is and over. the Bill Belichick of running that play. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. gets that conceptual design down so tight. And it's a Nike commercial. Yeah, it's a, a Nike commercial. Yeah. With, Nike exactly. commercial. And he got Drewski on there, who's like a hot internet press. I mean, he, you know, he comes out and all his Marshall Anderson, it's all Lynch, it's so polished. He's debuting cars that haven't come out yet in the video. You know what I mean? And even the and even the um and even the sound of the of the production that's some of his old sounding type shit as far as the that anthemy yeah yeah, even though before I'm talking about older like you but see what I kind of like I kind of like that record between the weekend and Calvin Harris because for one. I think if there, you think of everybody we're talking about, certified hit makers. Megan has become that. Cardi B is that. Mm. Drake obviously has been that. When I think 
it, when it comes to production, there's not too many people that can make more hits than Calvin Harris. And even in the R&B pop world, not too many more people that can make hits like The Weeknd can. Sure. But, but what I really liked about it was that, and where I do kind of agree with what you're saying a little bit, D-Boy, when it comes to 2021, mm -hmm. if you watch that visual, it was so, like, futuristic. Mm -hmm. It was so, sure. like... Ooh, that's what 2021, 2022 is mm -hmm. going to look like. It's what it's supposed to look like. And if you look at the direction that a lot of production is going in, it's going in that direction. They were just ahead of everybody else when it came to being able to get there because it's Calvin Harris and it's the weekend. And forces, absolute forces. And then and then the, sound, the song sounds celebratory and feel good. And Anthony, that's not the vibe for 2020. Yeah, but it's so, got a dark lyrical content. It's over now. You know what I mean? It's a breakup song. But but it's the but like I said, it people ain't you hearing it from an artistic standpoint. Sure, sure, sure. People don't dissect something when you hear that beat and you hear the it's the weekend. His like his voice naturally ain't really a dark yeah, sounding voice. Pop. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just pop. So I say all that to say I think it doesn't match. I think. Yeah, it uh, yeah, felt I, more like psychedelic. Exactly, like, it, it had and a so, psychedelic like, vibe. You think, you think a wop? Wop sounds dark. It, it, it sounds dark club, heavy bass line. Yeah. It fits the smoke in the air during the fires, and it's just a darker. Boom, yeah, yeah. Boom, you feel like, me? Where yeah, that one is like, like, okay, things is opening back up. Rooftops yeah, is psychedelic. You gonna it gives be? You, that you feel yeah, me? Yeah, things so, are opening. Creation. Calvin Harris production quality is always. Like you say, he's a certified hit maker. It's funny that because we were talking about that, we were talking about Funkway Bounce and how it was so ahead of its time, and then you go, oh, that song's gonna hit next year because that's what I'm saying. It's already over. And that did that did take a little bit before people really got onto that project and how great that was yep. that was a it took some time so and i don't even think that that project had a lot of like smash hits that shit on hits that shit was a which a, one uh the funk wave funk wave, that shit had bounced that had hits it had like uh, top the one with Migos because all of the because all of the features he had he had hits with uh, uh not, uh, not 21 Savage, but uh, the Yellow Yachty, Yachty, Yachty like Snoop he had, Dog, Migos. Uh, yeah, he had so um, many. He might, did he have the weekend on there? He, he, might he had damn near everybody yeah, at the top Pharrell, of the game. He had Katy Perry. Was it oh, yeah. Big Sean. Oh, that was That might have been the best album of that decade, bro. That was for sure. That might have been the best album of that decade. That's hard to say. I know, but I'm just saying how. You gotta put it up there. I, 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 I mean, when you start to thinking about albums that came from that decade, and you line them up with that one, that was a, it was nonstop action. Yeah. Do you think? Why, do you think we are no, off I, with that? No, I feel you. I feel you. I just like, like I said, maybe I'm just thinking ahead, and I'm in the future, damn it. Because yeah, I just you're like in the future, <laughs> and and I like that. Like I said, for me, it's more sort of production that makes me think. I, I just don't think there was a better song made this year than that of Calvin Harris in the weekend with the over now record. And being that it's Calvin Harris in the weekend, I know that song is going to blow in a way that is going to be insane because it's those two and they're certified hit makers. Like I think Calvin Harris, not stylistically, but as far as his ability to make hit records, he's kind of like the Drake of producers to me. Like he is, 
the Drake of producers. And then, like I said, we know the weekend and his resume. He comes from Drake, <laughs> really mm-hmm. and truthfully. Like, you know, it, it is what it is. They come from that same tree. So um, I just think it's a huge record. But I, 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 I can believe you because, like I said, how futuristic and psychedelic mm-hmm. the record felt, the record sounded. I could see it lasting for a really long time. Um, but I want to talk about the sport of podcasting before we get into some taking L's, which... Um, did y'all bring a take? Y'all came prepared with a take and else today? I'll figure one out. You'll mm-hmm. figure one out? All right, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, sport of podcasting, you know, for somebody like myself, I would say there's no personalities that I consume more than Charlemagne the God and Joe Budden. Obviously, Joe Budden, I don't miss an episode of his podcast, and his podcasts are like three hours long, and I pretty much listen to all three hours of them. Well, you're invested, <laughs> I'm man. invested in that podcast for sure. Um, and then Charlemagne the God, his are a lot shorter. His are like an hour, and he only does it once a week in comparison to Joe's Buttons two uh, episodes a week. But I do listen to the Brilliant Idiots Weekly, and I also watch the Breakfast Club videos on YouTube. You know, so if you kind of accumulate both platforms, I consume a lot of Charlemagne the God um, through both platforms. But obviously, you know, it came out a few weeks back that Joe Button wasn't re-signing with Spotify. And then from there, Charlemagne was a little bit critical about Joe Budden and sort of his rant that he went on about Spotify and the business of it. And then they sort of had this little back and forth. And then last week, I believe it was, or maybe the week before last, but recent enough, Charlemagne the God comes out and he launches a podcast network called The Black Effect. It has like 18 different shows that's going to be a part of it. Some huge shows, some shows that are already big. Drink Champs being one of them. Yeah. Probably my all-time favorite podcast. Um, another one of them being... Uh, another one of them being All the Smoke. Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. They're part Man, of the Black just, Effect. They just got their second run, yeah, right? Yeah, they're part of the Black Effect Podcast Network. Amongst some other... Uh, 85 South Show, Chico Bean... Uh, uh, DC Young Fly, Carlos Miller. They got a, a pretty big time, well known comedic podcast that they do yeah. together. Yeah, that's a great um, roster. And then he, <laughs> then he started adding other people. Like I said, Tamika Mallory, who I talked about earlier, who was in Louisville. Her and my son, the general, are doing one called like Street Politicians. He's got Glasses Malone is, is launching a podcast mm-hmm. under that network. Mm-hmm. I think he said Dwight Howard is going to launch a podcast mm-hmm. under that network when he leaves the bubble. So you got these hit podcasts, and then you got these people who I think Charlamagne just thought was interesting and could probably thrive in the podcast space. The flagship podcast for that, though, is going to be the Breakfast Club podcast, which to me... It makes me a little bit tense, but I'll get into that in a minute. But you fast forward to yesterday. It was the last day, the last episode released of Joe Button and Spotify and their deal. Uh, so Joe Button's oh, taking right. a two-week break yeah. off. And then we wake up this morning and Joe Button announces that he's now launching his own network called the Joe Button Network. See, now, the Black Effect is in partnership with iHeart. I don't know if Joe Button's network is in partnership with anybody, but we now know that he's launching a show and he announced the first show that's going to be a part of the network. Um, like Mandy, I don't know if y'all know who Mandy is. She's part of the Horrible Decisions podcast, which is like a freak nasty podcast, but um, a few other... Not horrible, like literally like horrible, like she's a whore. Oh, it's called horrible oh, decisions. Like mm-hmm. it's spelled like W H O R E and not regular horrible nice. like bad. I mean, um, 
Yeah, check but out. so that was the first one that he announced, and I'm pretty sure he's going to continue to roll out more podcasts that are part of the network as well. Sure, that's a good move. Um, I think it's a good play. It, it, I, I think that's the only play that he could have made. Start your own. Start your own network. Why? Because that's obviously the game. Like you know, like even like what you just said at the top of this segment, like the sport of podcasting. Like this is a sport. Yeah. You need a gr- you need a franchise. You need you know what I'm saying you like screw a franchise like this is the type of space where you can make you can make your own leagues yeah, inside of this league you like know what I mean control like, this is, all of that yeah, yeah. Like, this is a different ball game figured pun intended you and know, that's like. the and that's the only reason why I am a little bit hesitant and skeptical when it comes to the Black Effect Network and then being in partnership with iHeartRadio and that's just solely because I got a radio background and like you know that you know I, how I can I, go. I know how it can go. And I think back to you know I had John Canzano on here a couple weeks ago, and I think back to when I was interning with Canzano and I talked about it when he was sort of helping me formulate what initially was a show pitch, but then became this very podcast, the Wake Up and Win podcast. This was originally a pitch for a radio show that didn't land. And then I created it into a podcast. And then just months after Wake Up and Win became a podcast, I did eventually get the radio show that I co-hosted with Justin as we had the Justin and Devon show. But I'll never forget one piece of advice that Canzano gave to me when I started the podcast because I had just kind of gotten that entry-level job as a board operator with the radio station. He was like, man, whatever you do, I'm not trying to tell you how to run your situation, but if you're fully committed to that podcast and you really want that to be your thing, do not attach it or associate it with the radio. And a part of the reason is because he wasn't like contemplating the fact that he was leaving or anything, but Kanzano had been doing a radio show for nearly 10 years up to that point, and his podcast became big of his radio show. So now he has a situation where he's got this podcast. It's just a recording of his radio show, but now the the podcast itself is being sponsored, and he's got all these thousands of subscribers, mm-hmm. and, and knowing the business of that and personal can, attachments yeah. that he's brought along with this podcast, and now let's say the point ever comes where That's he does. Does decide do that uh, where he does decide to up and leave. I don't know if they let him do it because he's still doing a show there. Yeah. This was three, four years ago, and he's still doing that podcast. But what happens when the day comes where he ain't with the radio no more? That's what I'm you saying. You want to keep that podcast you following have that. the base that you grew. That, that's a I don't know if he's going to be able to do that or not. And at the time, he didn't know, and that was four years ago. He might have it figured out by now. We haven't had that conversation. But ultimately, what I'm getting at as far as my own experience was concerned is that was one of the first conversations that I had coming into the game. So I always lean to my podcast is completely separate from what we do on that radio show. The content is completely different. I'm willing to talk about things on the podcast that we probably won't hit as much on the radio show just because of the landscape of it, yada, yada, yada. So, you know, knowing kind of how the radio industry is, knowing how wishy-washy of an industry it is, relying and depending upon a radio entity, especially knowing the invested interest that that radio entity has in Charlemagne the God, who is a radio host, 
with that network for the yeah. biggest radio show they have in the Breakfast Club. Yeah. I hope and pray that everything goes right for all these new podcasters that are launching their podcasts, especially especially and being willing to go into this kind of deal or partnership with the Black Effect Network, which is 50% owned by iHeartRadio. And also, it brings a little bit more skepticism of the fact that I just mentioned Charlemagne's podcast is The Brilliant Idiots with Andrew Schultz. That podcast isn't a part of the Black Effect Podcast Network. Now, obviously, Andrew Schultz is white, but the reality is you launch a podcast network and the podcast that you've been hosting for five years has absolutely nothing to do with that podcast network. Smart move, but makes me a bit skeptical but, uh, you know, from the outside looking in. But, you know, you have, to, you, have to, you have to try to take into consideration maybe Schultz's autonomy in that, you know. For sure. He's like, I, I have my own thing that I'm trying to do. And if we're doing this podcast, which is just the two of us. You know, I can't sever it. Yeah, for I sure. Can't. No, I get that. I respect it and I understand that. But still, Shannon, it's it, even more so validating and back and why it's like, kind of yeah, like, like they're protected. They're, for that, their yeah. podcast is protected. Yeah. I just hope everybody yeah, else's podcast is getting ready to launch under this network is protected as well. And like I said, Charlemagne has different business interests with iHeartRadio because he's a host on their biggest radio show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, just, it feels like, you know, you see all of these companies and these streaming platforms and, and obviously radio, you know, uh, companies now. It seems like they're, like, trying to tie themselves to these big podcasts because they can see I, I, what I think John Canzano was trying to tell, you know, you, or at least talking about with you, not necessarily trying to tell you, but, you know, it's like you don't want to tie yourself to a sinking ship. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah, if you're, like you and never if know you're the radio from this. And if you're the radio company and you're you are the ship, sinking ship, radio, you yeah. need to tie yourself to something that ain't sinking. Right. Right. So it's 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 weird. It's weird. It's yeah, I don't like that 50-50-50 partnership. I that, thought I thought that I think that that's going to I mean, it has the potentiality to turn around a bite. Absolutely, absolutely. Y'all got uh any taking else? Talk yeah, to I me. do. Go, Go for it. Go ahead. Split. Kobe Covington, that's who I got running. He, his, he was talking. He was shit. talking that ish, and I think uh, here's the thing about Colby Covington: like he's in a really stacked division in terms of his sport. Sure, he's a great fighter, or whatever. But it's like, bro, you're you're too little. You're too little, man. Just shut up. And especially to come with the position you had, using LeBron James, you're punching up. I mean, it's, it's, it's all of it was just so bad. He took such a major L. You know, I'm sure he gets his little love from his little weirdos on, you know, the, the right-wing conservative side I'm, of the I'm, internet. One of his like, friends is my best really friend, like, a close friend of mine. Really? Yeah, that, he grew up in Eugene, Trevor Thurn, Cuddy. Wow. Yeah, they know. got they got real close. And he, like, my partner Trev seems to not like that, his take on certain things and rock with it. But, you know, it's just, it's one of them things where he, he at, like, he told me about this two years ago. He like, yeah, this dude is straight up. You know, uh, Trump hat, Trump support, all of that, mm -hmm. and then to see it come out like this two years later, once again, it's that little bit of insight that I felt like I had to where I'm not as surprised, but it's definitely an L, a huge L. Yeah, huge absolutely, L. absolutely. Who yeah, you got? F that fool. Who you got taking an L, D boy? Yeah, I got, uh, I got NFL players taking an L right now because, and I'm, a, I'm gonna say what it's in relation to. I think that lack of preseason. Even though it's understood, got them boys out here getting hurt, man. They said this was an all-time record for uh, injuries in a week. 
and it was like 21 major serious. I won't say major, but it was 21 serious injuries. And out of the 21, 18 were lower body. Seven of them was torn Achilles or uh, ACL. So that tells me that it goes back to what coaches always tell you. Again, since your kids, it's nothing like game speed. You could do all the practice you want. You yeah. could do all the whatever, out, the training. working out, you know what I mean? But the game speed, when knowing that every game is getting you closer to a playoff run or a Super Bowl run and it matters on paper, it's a different level of speed. I see players, we know players, we see pictures, they practice with shorts on and shoulder pads and a helmet. It's different when you got them extra 12 to 15 pounds on your legs and all of these people really trying to come through going for blood. It's different. And I think we've seen that more than, I think it was a record week for a reason. This is the first time that I've seen in my lifetime where, uh, uh, where NFL started without no preseason. And yeah. I think 18 out of 21 major injuries being the leg, not on some impact head. You know, we're seeing torn ACLs and Achilles, bro. Absolutely. Yeah. And so uh, I think, you know, that's something that I, I pray doesn't continue to be a trend, but I directly connected with a lack of preseason. And uh, like I said, I hope that, hmm. you know, as the, as the weeks continue and people strengthen up in game-like condition that Don't let that this pandemic rush you, man. You know Don't let I mean? these people rush you so they can and, make their money during and, the pandemic. Yeah, and it's hard to say that because when you lace it up and you know everybody playing hard. But sometimes that's the lesson you got to learn. Yeah. Yeah. That was something it's, that was... Especially in that league. Is that something like, that y'all yeah. thought about or considered or how do y'all yeah, feel no, about I, that? I've heard a couple of people say preseason and... I, I mean, I agree. I think it's always a good idea, preseason, you know, get people yeah, get some you run. Up, yeah, get no, for sure. Run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and not as extensive as it's going to be throughout yeah, the that. season, but you got to warm up to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like you're always in the most shape at the end of the season than you are at the beginning of the season. And as we know. So when you think about the beginning the, of the season. Also, you're always banged up at the end of the season, too. If you're, for sure. Even with preseason, sure. we know, like but you said, you're, but you're easing back into it. But a lot of that is why, why do you think they only play their players for the first half a lot of the times yeah. mm-hmm. is because you're easing yourself so back into, into the yeah. gameplay speed for a full thing. So right. they didn't get that. It's your star players are now playing four quarters now when they used to getting them two quarters, you know, for a significant amount of time. So I feel for them, but it's a big L right now. I'm sticking with football. I'm giving my L to the New Orleans Saints because I'm going to say it again. The Oakland Raiders are 2-0. It's only one nation, and that nation is Raiders. On that note, we have 75 minutes. We're done. Las Vegas. It's only one nation, baby. Hello. He's going all the way. You're going all the way. With that being said, give it your all in whatever it is that you do. D-Boy, Spencer, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Felt good. And uh, we're going to leave y'all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and and go go in.